0: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear.
1: Welcome in to the Inside Carolina podcast. You are listening live to The Scoop, brought to you by JohnnyTShirt and JohnnyTShirt.com, the number one stop for all your UNC Apparel needs Johnny T-shirt and t shirtcom This is the scoop, the number one UNC football recruiting podcast in the whole world. I'm joined as always by Don, aka Donny Scoops. What's going on, man?
0: Not too much. I actually will be coaching my first girls' basketball team of the the season tonight. First game. First game. No, we, we no games. We will not have any games. It's just purely practices. It's a rec league. Uh, just purely practices. And I've been strictly prohibited from having any, uh, scrimmages or any drills that, uh, include contact. So this is going to be, um, challenging to keep it fun and interesting, um, for the girls, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. What's awesome. going on in Ross's world?
1: Not much, man. Busy, 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 uh, basketball, football crossover season. And it's cold outside. You know, I had a workout this morning about 29 degree temps. No big deal. Um, <laughs> And yeah, that's it. So first, guys, hey, we have a big show. We are bringing on Don Tavius Nash here shortly for an interview. Nash, of course, is he was the first commitment in the 2021 class, uh, a four-star safety out of Gastonia, North Carolina. So we're going to bring on Nash for an interview here in about 10, 15 minutes. Before that, we had huge news yesterday during the basketball game. Bryson Nesbitt, a 24-7 sports three-star tight end. I think 24-7 sports has him as a four-star. He committed to UNC. Kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me, because Don didn't tell me anything. Um, but, of course, the, the, big, the big target that we kind of been waiting for, for his decision, he committed to the Tar Heels. We're going to get to that immediately. But first, I want to remind you to rate, review, and subscribe to the uh, Inside Carolina Podcast. Just click on the podcast, click five stars. That literally takes five seconds. I actually graded a podcast five stars this morning. Leave a short review. What podcast? The Ryan Rosilla podcast. Uh, I was thinking about I was thinking about our podcast, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to go and review, uh, rate this
0: podcast. It's yeah, how favorite? can you expect others to rate our podcast if you don't rate the yeah. podcast yourself?
1: I need I need to do it more. So rate, review, subscribe. I mean, leave a little review, nice review. It can be anything. You can tell us something you like about our podcast, one of the other podcasts, or just anything. Rate, review, subscribe. That helps us a lot. And then our new top five, we're going to do a top five at the end of this show. That's going to be top five animals. The new top five that you can email Don or message Don on Twitter or on Inside Carolina is the top five. So, so with um, the 2021 class signing, the next time we record that week, we're going to do the top five 2021 commi- commitments, signees that you're most excited for. That's UNC Commitments, and signees that you're most excited for. Don, anything to add on that?
0: Yeah, um, because by the time we end up doing the next one, it would be the week of signing day, which is strange to think about. And I've, I actually received a bunch of questions the last couple of weeks about this, this upcoming or this current top five, just how to submit it. You can uh, PM, I guess it's PM, me on Inside Carolina's message board. Don Callahan is, is my name on there. Or you can tweet at me. At Don Callahan IC, or if you prefer, email Don at inside And you can also send it to Ross. That yeah. would be great. Just send it to Don. The, with Don. I, we, I
1: have to do enough around this show. We, um, your, hair is, looking, your hair is looking extra vertical today. Check you us like it on it? YouTube if you want to see Don's hair.
0: Well, I think it's just the way the camera, I always have a hard time setting up the camera properly.
1: Yeah. What's going on with your, like, you have a tie on? No, it's just. Oh, okay. That, yeah, it did look yeah. it looked like you yeah, like a.
0: Should tie. I wear a tie next time?
1: Sure. Anything you want to do. When you wear a tie for UNC games, when it's hot as shit outside, it cracks me up.
0: <laughs> I got to I gotta look nice. Yeah. You know, yeah, I got to I mean, bring up this the spiffy meter in that press box, which is yeah. difficult to do. I can't do I it mean, by myself. Nothing says style
1: like you in a, a tie and cargo shorts. Yeah. <laughs> okay what were you gonna I say don't think, no
0: I never wore a tie in cargo <laughs> shorts just to make that clear
1: uh I had a friend shout out Jeff Joyce who said he loves when I make these little comments towards you he said he cracks up every time
0: well Jeff I have something to say to you but I'll get in trouble <laughs> to say if I say it
1: all right what are you gonna say anything else
0: no the only thing was that I don't know if you've looked at the top five and I won't give it give it away but some of the some of the submissions were kind of interesting which is I'm I'm sure what you wanted when you came up with this top five. So it should be good later on in in this podcast.
1: Great. That's a teaser. Okay. We're gonna get right into it. We're going to have Nash on here shortly. So let's get right into Bryson Nesbitt. Uh, Let me give you some bio information on him. He is a six foot six, 235 pound tight end. So physically, I mean, he's already obviously very tall, probably could add, certainly add a lot more weight. He's ranked number 392 in the nation. He's number 16th ranked tight end, and he's number 22 player in the state of North Carolina. So he is a high three-star and 24-7 sports, has him even higher. A four-star, number 10 tight end in the nation. He picked UNC over. Don, why don't you just tell us. Uh, tell us about his recruitment and who he picked UNC over, and we'll get into it from there.
0: Yeah, so his final top five was uh, UNC, UCLA, South Carolina, Old Miss, and Virginia Tech. This basically came down to UNC and UCLA, And South Carolina, although I think that was more of kind of like a courtesy sort of thing because both his parents were athletes of South Carolina, so Mm -hmm. he kind of kept them in there, Um, but I don't think, from what I gather from people close to him, I don't think he liked the vibe or the environment in South Carolina wasn't, what you know, not to say anything bad about it just didn't fit him. And and that happens. Um, so basically, you know, his recruitment came down to North Carolina UCLA really liked the vibe at UCLA. He went to a basketball camp there about a year ago and loved it out in California. Um, And so one of the main check boxes he needed to check off before he made a decision was to return to UCLA, which obviously for those who've been following recruiting know that the dead period made that very difficult to do. But last week he was able to make that visit. He also had some pretty important conversations and got some, some crucial questions answered from UNC staff and uh, made the commitment. A lot of that stuff, as far as what those questions were, um, the, the, the discussions he had with, with offensive coordinator, Phil Longo and tight end coach, John Lilly, we break that all down in, in the, um, the Q and a that we posted today. So definitely check that out for more details on all that.
1: Awesome. And this moves UNC's class up to number 13 in
0: the nation. Do you know where it was um, yesterday before we committed? If it wasn't 13, it might've been 14. So I don't know if it moved it up that much. Okay.
1: I think it, okay. I'm not sure either um But I mean, this is a big recruit. I mean, he is he settles in right there after Dontavious Nash before K.B. Uh, Passor and the rankings are so kind of right in the middle of UNC's highly ranked cl- class—a very high three-star. And look, this is this was their major target. This was the long-term tied-in target for UNC, and they got their man. And he's also a pass-catching target. I mean, pass-catching tied-in. He's not going to be. You know, I think the last class, maybe they signed more blocking tight ends. Um, and, I mean, if you know how UNC uses their tight end, Gary Wilson this year, he does block a lot. He's, he's almost in on every play as either a blocking tight end, but he does go out for passes. I imagine the big sell for him after reading your article, Don, this morning was that they're going to use Nesbitt a little bit differently and try to make him a little bit more of an active passer in the offense, uh, even as a wide receiver at times. Is that kind of the vibe you got? I mean, I know they make these promises – But what can you tell us about that?
0: Yeah, I think, well, I don't want to go too much detail because it's giving away the story we posted this morning. But um, yeah, I think if you're a tight end and you're, especially if you compare it to UCLA, who um, I believe they had a tight end drafted pretty high last year, this past draft. um, And they're getting the ball to their tight end a bunch. um, UNC's offense really isn't all that appealing. Uh, But I really think to be honest, I mean, he needed those questions answered. He did. But I I really think, that for him the two keys were the environment you know the the, not just the football program but also the just the college environment of North Carolina really appealed to him this is a kid who who definitely academics are very important to him UNC obviously has a pretty good um academic reputation but then also and this kind of chimes into what we're you know our guest has coming on and that's purely a coincidence and it's very convenient (laughs) coincidence yeah um one of his really good friends is Dontavious Nash, and, and we'll get into this with, with Dontavious, but they've known each other since first or second grade, have been travel basketball teammates um, since then. Um, Gabe Stevens, another one who's on that travel basketball team. So having two guys who you've been on the road with, I'm sure he's been roommates with at certain times for certain AAU tournaments, made a huge difference. Those guys were in his ear, and it's so much easier for a, for a friend to kind of be in your ear than just – you Know and not to take anything away from what Keyshawn Silver does, but Keyshawn Silver, who didn't know, um, it it uh it means a whole lot more when it's coming from a good friend as opposed to just a commitment at a school because obviously you know that commitment has has an agenda, whereas your friend you know who he is and and, and that sort of thing,
1: yeah, uh, f- for sure. There and um, I was gonna add, I mean, UCLA, I mean, let's get real, I mean, this guy is from Charlotte, it's not like he's gonna be going, apparently, flying across the country for games. UNC makes a lot more sense to him. I get I, in my mind, you know, South Carolina and some other of the ACC, SEC schools, maybe more of the competition because he must have liked UC, He must have liked UCLA enough to go out there. But when you kind of sit down and think about the logistics and geography, it's tough to see a guy go that far. It's happened before, just uh, unlikely. And as a player, Don, what does, does it bring physically, and like what kind of receiver is he, and and, and tight end is he?
0: So the the, the most interesting thing about him from an athletic standpoint is that he's only played one season of organized football. And that was his past year, even though his dad played college, um, college football and also played in the, in the NFL for the saints, I believe, um, you know, his parents really didn't want him to play football until they got a little bit older, more mature, physically mature. And, uh, so he's only played that one year. So, so really he has a lot of, um, Uh, he doesn't have the bad habits that a lot of guys pick up at a younger age, you know, and, and in addition to that, he was very hungry to learn the, 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 um, the sport um, and learn the nuances. So you'll see a guy who, um, who definitely, I don't want to say he's polished, but he, um, he understands the game already pretty well. But at the same time, you know, he has that, uh, that high ceiling because he, he hasn't played a whole lot, and with with um, reps, um, he's going to get better. And a great example of that is this fall when I saw him um, in the seven on seven circuit because obviously he wasn't able to play high school football. He won't be able to play high school football in the spring. He has made significant strides as a receiver. He's also added some really good weight, mm-hmm. um, but still has his his leaping ability and and the and the unbelievable ball skills. He's definitely he's not like this unbelievable you know receiver like. uh, uh, pass catcher, but he definitely has made some, some spectacular catches that I've seen in different environments.
1: Yeah. He was (laughs) Nash was trying to get in here. So we're going to bring on Nash here shortly to close with that. You can kind of look at his frame. You can tell that he's not physically where he needs to be. He definitely needs to get into UNC's program. This is Bryson Nesbitt uh, add some weight, but he has the physical traits. We're going to get into his recruitment with John Lilly after the Nash interview, we're going to bring on Don Tavis, Nash, UNC's safety, commitment, future signee right now. Um, and we'll be right back with Nash. Welcome back to Inside Carolina's The Scoop podcast, UNC football's number one recruiting podcast. We have a very special guest. We have 2021 safety Don Tavis, Nash with us. What's going on, Don Tavius? Um, not much. Good stuff. We're going to head to Don for the first question.
0: Yeah, so... Uh... Dontavius it's kind of convenient that we have you on today because one of your really good friends has actually committed to uh, North Carolina and is going to be a teammate of yours in the next few years. So what can you tell us just about your part in getting um, getting a Nesbit to commit to North Carolina?
2: Uh, my part of it was just I, I played a big role since <laughs> I could talk to him a lot and uh, you know I just I just use my people skills. You know, being around him, we know each other, so I know the things that he like and stuff like that. So I was just pointing out all the good things about Carolina and what we can do there together, and like actually have a chance to play again together.
0: So can you just just give us a background, just because I think, um, Bryson, he wasn't one hundred percent sure, but he believes that you guys have known each other since the first or second grade. How far back do you guys go, and and you know, you guys were teammates. I mean, just give us a little bit of background on you on you too.
2: Um. We've been knowing each other for a year, about since first to second grade. Uh, we, we First, we started off playing basketball together. And, you know, we had a really good basketball team growing up. And then we stayed together through middle school. And then once we got to high school, the team had broke up. But we all kept in, you know, contact.
1: And so when you're when you're recruiting him to UNC, like what's that what's that like? Are you calling him every day? Are you texting him? Or how do you kind of do that? Because you don't want to you know, be overbearing, but you want to show that you know UNC is a place to um, be.
2: It's really just like joking around with him every time I see him. Like, uh I'll see him at a 707 or something. And I'll be like, you know, you come to Carolina, right? And mm-hmm. he'll just start smiling. I'll be like, uh, it's it's just joking around with him and you know, letting him feel comfortable. That's what I was doing. Just joking around, not pressuring him to do anything because I was I was gonna support him with whatever decision he made. So
0: now you have actually because you're a safety and he's a tight end. Um I and I don't think Huff and South Mech have ever played, but you've played against him, I'm i I'm sure, in seven on seven settings and maybe some practices and everything. What what's I guess your take on him as a player? But what does he bring to the table?
2: Um he brings a lot to the table. Uh, he, he's explosive. He can jump. He's very athletic. He's fast, he's strong in hands. So playing against him, it can always be tough just because of like his size and his strength and stuff like that. He, he's, he's going to be a great player.
0: Now now to go to your recruitment, um, you know, you've been committed since last summer, the summer before this past summer. So um,
2: one, why did, why commit so early? Um, It was just like a matter of feeling at home and like I didn't feel like that anywhere else and I was just like all right boom I feel at home and I'm gonna just go ahead and commit like I called my people and I told them what I was going to do and they was they was behind me with this so I just went ahead and committed.
1: and, And Don Tavis you had a bunch look I'm looking at your offer list right now I mean you had a bunch of big offers I mean I see Michigan, Penn State, Ole Miss I mean and you commit in LSU. I mean, you committed so early, but what was your recruitment like before you committed to UNC? Were you getting pretty highly recruited by all those schools, or what was it like?
2: Um, yeah, it was, I was pretty much still getting recruited by some of those schools. Uh, some of them might not have offered as early, but they eventually offered. And uh, they, they've been recruiting me, and it's just Carolina always stood out to me. From the first time I took my visit there, they stood out.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at now. I mean, you had Virginia Tech, uh, Tennessee. Louisville Georgia and of course Florida with with our guy Tim Brewster um so when you talk about UNC I mean you committed the at the um that select event the camp showtime camp showtime camp on campus uh ahead of the 2019 season this is before Mac Brown and his staff even coached a game what was that staff's kind of sell to you what did they tell you about UNC having not even seen them play yet
2: I'm talking about Coach Brown staff right
1: yeah, yeah. What they told you because you—that's who you committed um, to that that summer.
2: Um, you know, it was just they told me that they wanted me there, and I wanted to go somewhere where I was wanted. Uh, they wanted me there. They felt like I could help the program a lot. I could fit in. I could play well with their system. So that's really all they told me. And once I realized I can do that, it was just like, all right, yeah, this is the place I want to be.
1: And when you yeah. talk about we talk about the system and your position, how do you think uh, Jay Bateman? Because I mean, Jay Bateman's your will be your position coach at, at safety. How do they expect to kind of use you, and what have they told you um, about the safety's role in the UNC defense?
2: Um, I really don't know where they're going to play me at, but I can play, like, any defensive back position. Okay. So I feel like uh, they might just, you know, try to teach me every position just to throw me in spots whenever they need me.
0: Yeah, and before we get off of your actual recruitment, um, the one thing I noticed was during your – I guess it would have been your – junior junior year, you visited North Carolina a bunch for games and you could have went to a lot of different places. I mean, you were going, you were visiting almost as much as, or basically as much as a commit. So what, um, why did you make so many, this is before you committed. So why did you make so many visits North Carolina that season? This was during the Fedora year or Fedora's last year.
2: Um, it was just, you know, the love that was there even before coach Brown came, it was always love. The games were always great. You know, uh, just just the feeling of being in Kenan Stadium—it it was just—it was crazy. So I, I just love the feeling.
0: Now, um, with uh, you know, right now you you decided to stick to your decision to enroll early. When you found out that the, the 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 North Carolina high school football season was going to be delayed until February, was it was it pretty simple for you to just stick with your plan to enroll early, or did you? Did you have some pause and and think maybe I should stay to play one more season with my teammates? Because you guys um, had a good year last year.
2: Yeah, it was – I've always known that I was going to enroll early since my freshman year since I got my first offer. Uh, I knew I was going to enroll early, so when the season got pushed back, it really just – it didn't stop anything. It was just like, wow, I won't be able to get to play my senior year. But it's like, all right, we have to get past that. Our uh, Next stop is Chapel Hill.
1: Um. Are you pretty pumped to get on campus? I mean, what's a, what were what your emotions right now? We're in December. You'll, you're going to be there in about a month.
2: Um, I'm ready. I'm ready to get to work. So, yeah, I'm just ready to be there and get to work.
1: What have they, what have they told you? What's the staff told you so far in terms of preparing? Are, are you doing uh, strength and conditioning stuff already? Or what's the prep looking like from now until January?
2: Um, They haven't told me anything to do, but I've been doing my own thing. You know, I trained with a trainer named Jamal Rowe. He played in the NFL, and now he's in the CFL. So I train with him. I do a lot of DB drills and stuff like that. Uh, I lift a lot with him too.
1: Nice. Now, Don wrote – we have a little – some show notes. You wrote that maybe position – you mentioned how your position is maybe not set. Don, do you want to kind of get into that part of, of him and Jay Bateman?
0: Yeah, well, I think a lot of people have kind of assumed that you'll be a safety. But, I mean, I've heard that Bateman thinks that you can play corner and also would be a good nickel. Um, have they talked about just – have they, have they just plainly said, we're just going to move you around? What was kind of, the, I guess, their pitch to you when, when you're talking about those sort of things?
2: Um, really, they they really never talked to me about where I was going to play at. They okay. Just talk, get there and be ready.
0: Okay. What if they have you play kicker? <laughs>
2: I'm going to be the best kicker in the country. <laughs>
0: okay. That's funny.
1: You know, Don Tavis, when you committed, we started calling Don – we called him Don Tavius Callahan. <laughs> it was like a little running joke we had. Um, well,
0: let me, let me ask you about the... I um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> completely
1: the, ignores my joke.
0: The commitment uh, uh, chat that you guys have. Uh, mm. Because uh, we had Keyshawn on here uh, two weeks ago, and he still claims that he was the, I guess, the, the creator of it. But you've been committed way longer than him. Um, so, so tell us just how that, that whole commitment chat kind of came about.
2: All right, so the chat actually started <laughs> with me, Caleb Hood, and Power Airbles. Mm-hmm. Got we were all chatting, and we were talking about, okay, who we wanted to get and who we wanted to play with, who were the coaches' targets and stuff like that. And once we started getting more commits, they took the um the chat from iMessage to Snapchat. So I give that to Keyshawn. He used the Snapchat Ah, number. okay. Okay, so, so are So you-
1: are there two versions still? Is there a – Cell phone text version and a Snapchat version.
2: Man, there's so many, so many group chats okay. we have.
1: What's the main one? What's the main one? Is it text or is it Snapchat or is it oh, IG or what?
2: Channel. It's the Snapchat one. It's really? Voice.
1: Don, you a big Snapchatter?
0: Uh, I am not. I'm not. I guess none of my friends are Snapchatters, <laughs> So, you know, but um, um, what so about you, I,
1: Ross? I, yeah, I'm on Snapchat, of course. Uh, I'm hip. So, Don Tavius, that that kind of group of um. I mean, what was your kind of role in getting a lot of these Charlotte guys to commit? Is is that was that kind of a focus? Because there's a lot of guys, you empower, Power. Um, I mean, Drake obviously May. Drake May, some other guys. I mean, is that something that was important to you to kind of get all these Charlotte guys now Nesbit together?
2: Uh, well, Coach Brown, he told us he want all the in-state players, all the best players in the state to stay in-state to play. So, you know, most of us are from the Charlotte area, and then you have Caleb Hood, who's who's out in uh, the Rockingham area and stuff like that, but. That, that was the goal, getting the best players to stay in North Carolina. And I felt like the ones that were in Charlotte were some of the best ones.
1: What do you think about this class as a whole? And, and kind of to build on that, the momentum it's created for kind of UNC football.
2: Um, the class, I think we have the best class in the country. And I feel like we, we can come in and, and actually help the team do something big soon. So, you know, we, we have a lot of guys who who's ready to get in and ready to do whatever to win. So I just feel like when we get there, It'll be it'll be nothing but but history. There you go. Well,
0: a lot of those guys are actually teammates of yours on the Carolina Stars: Drake May, uh, Gavo, Gavin Blackwell. Um, what's it? I mean, did have you you've been playing with those guys for a while? So was your mentality, hey, I want to continue to play with those guys in actual football games?
2: Um, actually, I started my first season with the with the Stars was last year. Okay, okay. So Gavin. Gavin had reached out to me and was like, uh, come out, try it for 7 7 or whatever. So I went out there, I tried out. And then once I really, like, seen that I like to play with those guys and I like to be around those guys, that's when I really stuck into it.
0: Now, we asked you about uh, Bryson as a player. You, obviously, in in uh, Carolina Stars practice, go up against Gavin and Drake. Drake, I'm sure, I'd love to get your take on Drake, but I also Gavin, because he doesn't stop talking on the field. What's, what's that like going against those two guys? Because they're very
2: different. Um, with Gavin, it's like whew, whatever he says, he can back it up. So, if, if you're gonna talk junk to Gavin, you better be able to back it up because if <laughs> you can't, he's gonna embarrass you. So, it's just uh, Gavin, he's a real competitive dude. He, he talks, he talks his junk. Uh, he, he's a real great guy and he can back up what he says. What about Drake? Uh, Drake, uh, he's a real like I wouldn't say he's quiet, but he's he's he, he's a vocal leader. Uh, Drake's like the funny guy. He's always cracking jokes, and then, uh, you know, on the field, you have to be a great DB to cover some of Drake's passes. Uh, Drake Drake puts the ball on, on the on the dot every time.
0: Is it is it hard because you know? I mean, I feel like his his greatest asset is his ability to kind of dissect a defense. Um, is, is it hard going up against a guy like that who's just you almost don't know what he's thinking, and you're afraid he might be looking over here and you're looking over there. Just kind of the mental side of it is is it difficult going up against Drake?
2: Yeah, it is because, like, like, like you said, you never know what Drake's gonna do. Drake, he can see the whole field, and, and the way he can read the coverage is like he knows where he's going. He knows where he's going before the play starts because he he can he 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 can find the mismatches and stuff like that. So it's just it's just not knowing what he's gonna do. It, it puts you like in the shop.
1: There you go. All right, Dontavius, we have one. I have one last question for you. before we can get out of here, we really appreciate your time. This has been great. Can you tell our listeners and UNC fans maybe one thing about you that they don't know, non-football, maybe a hobby or something you're into, a unique fact about you that, that we don't um, know yet?
2: I'm listed as one of the best basketball players in the state. Okay. Um, basketball was was my first love. I took that serious, and then once uh, I started getting college attention to football, I left basketball alone. But I'm one of the best <laughs> basketball players in the state, probably the best defender in the state for basketball. Um.
1: Did you play as a junior?
2: Yeah, I played as a junior. We lost in the uh, semifinals right before the state championship. So, so you I, like,
1: Are you like a shooting guard, kind of wing player?
2: I play whatever they need me to play. Uh, <laughs> sometimes like, I play five to four, it's just whatever. Just, I can like, in, just like in football. The, the
0: mentality that you're kind of showing right here is, is what I've seen on the football field from you. I mean, you definitely have a – I feel like every time i dealt with you, you've been the nicest kid. Um, but on the field, I've seen you you play a little angry. Is that kind of oh, your yeah. mentality? And you, you definitely have a chip on your shoulder, and you definitely – you want to hurt some people.
2: <laughs> uh, it's just like – it's – ooh, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a switch that I have. Like, okay, during the week I can be nice, but, like, once it's game time, it's game time. And if you're on the opposite side of me, just be ready for what that comes with because, like, I don't know you. We're not friends. We're not family. Mm. None of that. My grandma can line up against me, and <laughs> he's going to get the word.
1: You're, oh, you're a dog. That's right. You're a dog on the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, man. <laughs> I think fans will love that part about you, uh, that aggressive mentality, that competitive nature. Davis, we really appreciate your time. Um, and, yeah, good luck to you uh, enrolling at UNC in January and, and your career at Carolina.
0: Yeah, thanks, yeah, yeah, Tavius. Thank,
1: thank you. All right, guys. We'll see you. Welcome back to the Inside Carolina podcast. That was a great interview with Dontavius Nash. Uh, before we get into more about Bryce and Nesbitt in our top five and recap that interview, I want to talk about Johnny T-Shirt and t shirtcom our loyal podcast sponsors. This is a great time to, to shop, to, to show your love for Giant T-Shirt. Make sure you go to their store on Franklin Street or head to t shirtcom and, and, and you know, shop for anything you need for Carolina stocking stuffers, gifts. Get all your Christmas shopping done. A one-stop shop. I do that. I get a gift for my niece, a gift for my nephew. I guess my other baby niece, so I barely met. Um, and then get something for you know, I don't, my parents aren't huge Carolina fans, but my brother and sister-in-law both went to Carolina. Get them a sweatshirt. Get them something UNC. And I'm done with my Christmas shopping. And all you can do that. It's easy. And that's the easy way to do it. Get it all sent to you. Wrap it up. You're done. And you can head to Inside Carolina and our pre- premium VIP subscribers get 10% off from every Johnny T-shirt purchases. Check out their website. They have tons of stuff. It's not just T-shirts. It's not just clothes. It's everything you could ever want and need as a UNC fan. Johnny T-shirt and All All right, Don, I think that was my best uh, ad read yet. Let's get right back into it. Uh, what do you think about the Nash interview?
0: Well, I liked your ad read better than the Nash interview, but... Uh... Nash, yeah, I think he's kind of a the forgotten guy in this class just because he committed so long ago. Yeah, which is kind of unfair because if you think about it, he's been the most, I guess, faithful to North Carolina. Believed in in the program, you know, well before any of these other guys. Not to take anything away from him, Uh, but you know, he's a four-star guy. And and like I mentioned in the latter part of that interview, he he definitely has this, Mm this sneaky meanness to him that I've seen. Um, and it's not like all the time uh it's just these subtle um moments you see it where it, it's a little scary you know you worry about th- about <laughs> the other guys on the oppo- opposing team sometimes what were your thoughts on, on yeah. Don Tavius? i mean yeah seems like a sharp
1: kid and that loves comp- competition loves i mean he say he play any position they need him to play uh same with basketball you know and he has size you can tell he's a big dude six two he's probably a little heavier than 170 now i'd imagine you would yeah. just think he's i mean that was probably his, his his weight back when he was a junior he's probably closer to 180 190 now um so he's gonna be a big time safety uh or, or nickelback for unc um and if jay bateman thinks he can play corner as well be a versatile defensive back who clearly loves carolina uh he didn't hesitate ever on his commitment uh in-state guy so he checks all the boxes for what i think fans and and unc would love and uh in their signees
0: yeah absolutely um, and, of course,
1: played a big role with, with Bryce and Nesbitt. All right, you want to get into Nesbit more? Is there anything else Yeah, on, Yeah, let's let's
0: segue right into Nes- Nesbitt. Um, what uh, what remaining questions do you have, Ross?
1: <laughs> well, reading your interview, which VIP subscribers can read, you mentioned uh, or he mentioned how important John Lilly was in his recruitment. Of course, this is mm-hmm. Bryce and Nesbitt. We're kind of switching back and forth between these two kids in this podcast. Uh, tied in from South Mech in Charlotte. Uh, tell us about how John Lilly recruited him because he's the newest hire for the Tar Heels. Uh, he had a role, I think, in a maybe one or two other recruitments. Was it Diego Pounds?
0: Yes. Okay. Hey, Diego Pounds. What's that? So he's, had,
1: he's had a role in a couple of recruitments, mm-hmm. and he has a reputation as a good recruiter. He just obviously hasn't had a chance to really flex those muscles here at UNC.
0: Yeah, so the main thing is, is that he had to get creative with um, – with nesbitt and that's and really it was probably the one thing that really kind of held north carolina back was that nesbitt had made a bunch of visits to chapel hill but he had never met john Lilly because lily was hired i think it, w- it was either during that um february dead period or right before uh, and then we come out of the dead period and um you know i think we had a week and then everything was shut down because of COVID. Yeah. so um so John Lilly has never actually met uh, Bryce and Nesbitt in person, but uh, he was able to establish a relationship yeah. with him uh, very quickly. Um, you know, Nesbitt uh, mentioned just, you know, just only, only a few weeks had passed and he had a really strong bond with him, which I think speaks volumes about just the type of recruiter Lily is. And I think the thing with Lily is that he is able to, he's just one of those guys, just a nice guy to talk to. I think we all have a friend or two who you, you can sit down and, you know, have some hot chocolate and kind of just sit down and, and share stories about the old times. And, and that's, Lil, that's who Lily is, a very honest guy. Uh, he tells you how it is. Even if it's bad, he'll tell, you, he'll tell you. He'll be up front with you. That was, I think, really key with the tight end situation because he said, look, I'm not going to try to sugarcoat the way North Carolina has used his tight ends recently because, you know, that's just lying. And I think a lot of other recruiters would have tried to spin it a certain way. Yeah. And um but Lily didn't. And I think that was that was really key. And,
1: and look, I, I think they try to get Garrett Walson the ball. I mean he has two touchdowns on the year. Uh he has a handful of catches. He's he's not he's obviously not the first target, but I mean he's out there and, and you know it's not like he's every time he's blocking, but they do use a tight end, um, certainly in a lot of their their power run um offense. Um great. All right, Bryson Nesbitt newest commit for UNC. Quickly here, Don, are, are, is there gonna be anybody else to commit before the uh, mid-December signing period? They have 18 commitments right now.
0: Yeah, so I I don't, as it stands today, I don't think so. Okay. You know, we're dealing with recruiting, where you kind of have to expect the unexpected. So, you know, some four-star guy at wherever uh, emerges um, because of some sort of coaching change next week, you know, there's always that possibility, but from what I've been being told by all my sources, they've moved on to the 22 class, and that's that's the focus right now. Especially now that Nesbitt is in the boat.
1: Yeah, I think I'd still think UNC needs to start upping their
0: offensive line recruiting. Well, the problem with the offensive line this year, next year, is, is you're not they're not graduating anyone. Cut so the cut the fat. Well, that's that's more of a discussion between you and Greg as far as the team. Beat is concerned. I just yeah. watch the games as a fan.
1: I mean, if these guys aren't, if they're third string and they're not competing for starting jobs, get them out of here. Let's get some freaking studs in that can, at least in a year or two, you know, add some depth and, and be guys. I mean, I don't know. I just think, I always think UNC in the last couple of years and maybe back into the Fedora era, they haven't just had like a freaking stud, you know, four or five star offensive lineman. And that's what you need to take the next step. You saw how exposed they got in the Notre Dame game. Mm-hmm. No, you did. All right, Don. Let's get in the top five. First, we had a uh we had a man cave visit over the break. We did. Two weekends we did. ago, I believe. Um it was a UNC bye week. Yeah, we had a man cave. Any comments, concerns?
0: Uh it last minute. So we kind of scrambled to figure out the food situation. Um and Tommy came over. You came over. I you know, you guys left after the uh the twelve o'clock games ended around. Th- 30 four o'clock or whatever it may be so we didn't get the full day which I think is key because I think the man cave has great stamina you know and <laughs> and you when you come to it you got to match it but I think now you know you guys are both um man cave warriors and uh you can put <laughs> you that sit there and watch
1: football from 12 to 8 or 12 to 12. I mean I go to the bathroom
0: but besides yeah, but you that, go 12 you go
1: 12 to 12. <laughs>
0: So I go 12 to. I definitely try to get all my stuff done before 12, and then it's it depends on what what's going on. I mean, I might go to bed and watch the the rest. I don't I don't stay up there to 12. I might go to bed and watch the rest of the games, or you know yeah. we have we have guests over or whatever. Uh, you know we'll go downstairs because the one thing that I love about the the, the schedule is that a lot of ga- there's a lot of games at 12. There's a lot of games at three at 3:30. Although it kind of tampers down a little bit, but once you start to get to seven and eight. And all that, you have less games. So you it's, it's okay just to have one TV.
1: Yeah. And usually you have that premiere game at eight. Yeah. And then if that one for some reason is not good, then you're stuck with like Pac 12 games. And you're like, I don't know. I, I never have much interest in those. Honestly, man, I'll, I'll be honest with you right now, man to man. Uh oh. I'm not as interested in college football this year as I usually am.
0: So I, I'm still, I, think,
1: I, I think it's a COVID thing. I think it's a fact that so many games
0: are canceled. I don't know. I can relate to that. And it's not college football. I still love college football. I'm really into it. I I've had a hard problem with the NFL. I watched a lot of games this past Sunday, but some of the Sundays I'm just kind of like, eh. For that's the only hard problem you've had, yeah, <laughs> I guess hard problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I got um, you on that one. Good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, so that's yeah. I, I you know, and I'm usually be, I, I didn't do fantasy football this year. Yeah, like that's I normally huge. do. That's huge. Um, so, so yeah,
1: yeah, I would say, yeah, I'm just not, I, I'm into the big NFL games, but even NFL, I'm a little, I don't know, after I've had a pretty shitty fancy year, uh, all, all considering, so I've kind of fallen off on that too, man. I mean, it's like, ah, I'm a sports guy, but I'm like, well, maybe I should watch this instead. All right, let's get in our top five. I have to get to go to a Mac press conference and a bunch of other stuff regarding that, so let's wrap up this podcast. That was weird, Been a weird saliva issue just then. Um, Top five animals. Wow. How exciting is that? I have, I'm, I have three lists. I
0: have four listed
1: right now. Um,
0: it wasn't as easy, but yeah, I mean, there's. it almost was like you had to go a certain direction and yeah. if you go that direction. You can't go. Cause there was some, like, at first I started a list. I had like, um, Liger and Gremlin and Come like, on. I, so I, I trashed that.
1: Yeah. I mean, these have to be real animals.
0: Okay, well, I think we had some if people... If someone
1: e- emails me and says that Liger's a real animal, I'm going to be... Pissed.
0: We we have... we, we have, Can I Let me read the first one, then.
1: Okay, let's get into it, guys. We're going to read right, a so bunch of these, then we'll give our top five, and we'll get out of here.
0: Yeah, so uh, Ryan from Chapel Hill went the direction Ross doesn't like. Number five, Liger. It's pretty much my favorite, favorite animal, bred for its skills and magic. Number four, Tasmanian Devil. Taz was my favorite Looney Tune.
1: So that's a real animal, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. but I mean, the... Taz did not look like a real Tasmanian devil, but okay, I digress. Uh, number three, dogs. No explanation. Eat it. Number two, hyena. They, they seem like they're enjoying life. I respect that. And number one, honey badger. He doesn't give a my spirit animal. He doesn't give a bleep. Okay.
1: All right. All right. Good list there. Good listener. All right. I'm going to go Noah from Korea. Top five non-fictional animals. All right. He has my all-time favorite listed. So I'm gonna. I mean, this is my all-time favorite, but he has a list. I'm gonna go from five to one. Humpback whale, epic annual migrations. For example, the pack that goes between Brazil and Madagascar every year. Talk about parental commitment, or at least a strong desire to breed. Don. All right, four golden. <laughs> that,
0: it doesn't. Ross have a strong desire to breed. I
1: mean, don't we all? All right, four golden eagle seeing them fly over the himalayas is a down is downright majestic beautiful creatures no you're showing your privilege when you said you've seen them fly over the himalayas all right three mantis shrimp i hope i'm pronouncing that right i think so mantis shrimp granted i would never not know what this is without this cartoon he has a cartoon linked all right two river otters they're just cute and pr- playful and always look like they're having the time That's of their a good lives. one because because
0: they – if you've gone That's to That's my number recently.
1: one. That's my number one.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. You're on top of it.
1: Yeah. And number one, sorry, right, River Otters, they're cute. They're having the time of their lives. They just seem like they're having a lot of fun. And number one, big cats. Not really, really a fan of the house variety, but snow leopards, black panthers, puma, they're all awesome, strong, fast, lethal. I wish he had given us one – there with uh, big cats, but he gave us some examples there. Yeah, no, okay.
0: get on it. All right, Dale, who always produces, um, he uh, number five. He, he, has a, he
1: has a strong desire to breed, I guess, right?
0: Dale, we got that. We had, Dale. Next time you send your submission, let us know if you have a strong desire to breed. <laughs> All right, number five, great white shark, the king of the ocean. Number four, orca whale, highly intelligent animals. Number three, spider monkey, because of Chip, I'm going at you like a spider monkey. Number two, tiger, majestic animal, who doesn't love Tigger and Tony the Tiger? Good point. Number one, dog, man's best friend. I have three golden retrievers. Jeez,
1: three dogs. You don't have a dog, do you, Don?
0: No, just uh, just cats. What? Uh, you don't have any animals there, do you?
1: No, the only animal has my heart. I have, I have cats, heart.
0: and my daughter has a hamster and fish. Nice. Beta fish, and they do <laughs> fight each other. I learned.
1: Yeah. Is your is your uh spirit animal the beta
0: fish? Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I'll show you my spirit animal soon.
1: What? Um a little side note here. During the Man Tower, I learned all about Don's love story with his oh,
0: wife. Oh god. We won't yeah, get into it. He had my wife come my my wife came up and she was great. She gave us food and all that. And Ross just grilled her with questions, and she just ate it up, so she grabbed a seat and just sat down and and answered away. But we won't go into our actual answers.
1: Tommy was there, too, kind of egging her on as well. Mm. Um, I will say this. The great thing about Katie, your wife, is that she loves roasting you as much as I do. (laughs) Of course. She loves making fun of you.
0: (laughs) Of course. Of course. (laughs) Okay,
1: we move on. Patrick from Scottsville, Virginia. Five, Rhino, powerful yet agile. And have you ever heard of the noises baby rhinos make? It'll melt your heart. Four, peregrine falcon. They can dive at over 200 miles per hour. That alone merits top five status. I will say those birds of prey are pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, I might have to include one of those in mine. Three, snow leopard. The master of disguise and attack. And two, the (laughs) cuoca. Have you heard of that before? No. I haven't either. I'm Googling it right now kuoka q u o k k a it looks like a type of rodent
0: okay stars, i'm going to google it, it also
1: wallaby so it's a type of wallaby short-tailed scrub wallaby it's about the size of a domestic cat so kind of a, a large okay
0: cat. he does look really happy
1: yeah it's a marsupial um it looks he really looks like
0: he's smiling <laughs> yeah, a good this thing. is awesome
1: maybe we'll make that the cover photo Um, of this podcast okay and that was number two cuoca if you're having ever having a bad day look up a picture of a smiling cuoca i challenge you not to be happy and one dogs a dog man's best friend i will say dog is a lazy answer for this no offense to i agree and some people did it
0: and i yeah no i agree but um all right you go on yours you want me to go to mine you go yours okay so as always, I try to clear my answers with Katie and she did not approve because she says I'm immature. So I think I need to give that disclaimer while I'm giving you my top five animals because I guess some immaturity played a role. So number five, dung beetle. Okay. How great has your, is your life if all you do is go around and play with elephant poo? <laughs> okay. Okay? Okay. Number four, People are going to really change their opinion of me off of this list. <laughs> Number four, sloth. Yeah. Coming. Although sloth, I mean, sloth is, yeah. I mean, they don't do anything, which is pretty cool. And they poop once. And I think it's like a third of their body weight. Poop once, once a week, once a week. Okay. They come, they sit up in the tree and they come down once a week and it takes them a, like, I think it takes them like an entire day or something crazy like that. And they poop and they go back up to the tree.
1: How often do you poop a day? <laughs>
0: I'm, not, I'm not answering this question. And um, number how many three, times a week? How many times
1: a week do you poop? I will say I I poop three times before noon most days. Most
0: days, that's crazy. So here's oh, my number. This.
1: Here's my number three. Did you this text is, your wife to say bring the cat?
0: No, my daughter, who she probably won't come because she's on in pajamas still because we have Hope school. But this is Loki. <laughs> I I have two cats. They're both um, ginger. Gingers, um, Loki and Hermes, and uh, Loki's the the mean one. Uh, Hermes is a nice one, but he's shy. There's three kind of creeping in a little bit. Make
1: sure to go to YouTube and check out um, the the video of this podcast to see Don's cat. Go ahead. Yes,
0: yes. So so Loki has actually been to jail. Did I tell you about this? <laughs> I had to hold back on a joke there. All right, go ahead. Woo! Do you want to know about Loki yeah, going to jail? Quickly. So while I was I, while I was out of town the one time we had a, uh, a kid sleep over, my son's friend sleep over and Loki attacked him. And apparently we were like two weeks behind on his rabies shots. <laughs> so because of that, um, he had to go sit in jail for for like a, a week because I think there's a quarantine period. An actual or jail
1: or like a veterinary place?
0: Well, I mean, I didn't take them to like Wake County Penitentiary. I just, <laughs> it was just a vet, but we have jail pictures. Um, So behind anyway. bars, behind bars. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they took a picture of them, I guess, to make sure, but it's kind of sad. They don't let the, the cats out or anything, but whatever. Anyway, Aww. number two for me, penguin, which is a, my wife always says is our kind of, uh, spirit are are couple spirit animals because uh Jeez. penguins i think are one of the one of the only other species that actually has a mate and they actually give gifts to each other. I didn't know this until i met my wife but i do think that's kind of cool. And number 1 monkeys. Monkey and and really what solidify well i was going i was leaning monkeys number 1 all along but i was watching naked and afraid last night. Jeez. And there was a how, howler monkey that was um that was, uh, I guess, above these two people. They made their little hut or whatever and kept on peeing on them every single night. <laughs> now, how badass is that? Not only that, but okay, you have they're monkeys. They are peeing on
1: another family?
0: They, they were Well, you had the two people from Naked and Afraid. And they make, their, oh, okay. yeah, sorry, they make their little, like, whatever, hut sort of thing. And for a couple of nights, the, the monkey would go up above and just pee on them purposely.
1: Yeah. You ever done um, that to anybody?
0: Ah. Uh, Not from a tree. I not want to hear this. All right. Not not from a tree, but then also, they do other things. They throw. They throw poo. Um, There's other things that I've been advised not to talk about on here that monkeys do. So here's my
1: here's my top five. All right, I'm gonna go number five, dolphin. Okay. I'm a huge marine animal guy, marine mammal guy whales dolphins seals i love watching the seals uh when you're on the west coast i think dolphins are sweet when you see them in the ocean um so good dolphin one but really that kind of covers any i was a big whale guy growing up my 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 mom got me all these whales to play with in the tub so i grew up playing with whales and dolphins
0: (laughs) do you still do that (laughs) um
1: i do not i don't have a i don't have a tub in my house Fun you do not. You have a stand-up shower and that's it? I have a stand-up marble shower. I don't even know if it's a marble tile shower Yeah, I think there's a tub in the other bathroom, but I don't ever go in there. Okay. All right, number four, Bald Eagle. This covers all your birds of prey. Majestic. I mean, how rare is it to see an eagle uh, when they go down and get a fish out of the water? I mean, owls, too. Owls are pretty sweet. Just how they attack rodents. I mean, any type of um, uh, bird of prey with the talons and how they soar I think are super cool. Uh, and super rare to see whenever i see a hawk in a tree which is is not that rare always like i take a picture of it i'm actually a huge animal guy wild animal guy not a big domestic animal guy all right three fox foxes are awesome if you've ever seen one in the wild they're they're actually probably smaller than you would think Mm -hmm. uh super mischievous big bushy tail uh you know they're going to like uh chicken coop and steal eggs and eat chickens um yeah, you know, kinda of scavengers in that aspect. Uh, they'll eat a lot of different things, but what I think fox foxes are really cool to see in the wild. Um, you know what's crazy? There's no uh teams with the fox mascot.
0: I'm sure there's one somewhere. But yeah, I mean I, I have a big like problem with some of mascots. There are so many bears, so many bears, Vikings. Eagles,
1: bears, yeah. Eagles, it's like we're Panthers. just
0: so unoriginal when it comes to naming our teams. It's pathetic. You know, there's not? Grimsley whirlies You're right, because there I don't think there is any other whirlies anywhere else. Exactly. Tar Heels. Tar Heels, pretty original too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Kaiser Tigers. What about Wolfpack? There's a lot of Wolfpack.
0: Okay.
1: Not not a huge amount, but you got I mean, that's a whole other college. I mean, Nevada Wolfpack. Okay, and number two, Frog. Love okay. frogs, web feet, green, tons of different kinds of frogs, too. You got the tree frogs down in different jungles. Um, you have uh, the ones bullfrogs, ones that are more prone to be seen in the water, ones that are more seen out of the water, really green ones, tons of different kinds of frogs, uh, big frog guy. Okay. And last one is the otter. Love otters, river or, uh, or sea. Very uh, fun, playful, cute. Uh, I like how they can both swim and walk, and, and obviously exist on land as well. They get the little um, shells and crabs and oysters and eat them on their chests, the furry little chests. I know you into that. Um, so yeah, a lot of otters. Uh, that's my, by far my favorite animal. Hasn't for they're a long so
0: time. they're so playful, which is a huge plus. Yeah, they're like a. Have huge you, attract- are you are you familiar with sugar gliders? Mm, is that a, a little rodent? But, yeah, too. they have, like, they have yeah. like a bunch of different names. My wife has wanted to get one, but they're, like, these little things. That, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, People put them in their pockets and stuff. Cool.
1: Yeah, love otters. All right, guys, we have to get out of here. I got to go uh, talk to Mac Brown. We appreciate you listening. Don, anything else in, in closing?
0: No, just, uh, like I said before, the next time we, we talk will probably be the week of um, signing day, which should be interesting.
1: Two weeks from now, yeah, we'll do a big signing day. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it will, it will be signed day if we do Wednesday, right?
0: Yeah, so we're probably going to have to talk about some sort of an arrangement. Yeah, right we'll there. probably
1: try to record maybe after that um, Wednesday night or, or Thursday. All right, guys, we appreciate you listening. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe. And make sure to check out Johnny T-Shirt and shirt.com. That's it for us. I love you, Don.
0: You too, Ross. <laughs> right back at you. Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by JohnnyT-Shirt.com, where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.